This is The M Word, a Studio 52 production, hosted by Ben Earl. Hello, and here we are at The M Word. That's right, I said that very, very emphatically, didn't I? And this is, in fact, episode 16, because I just started to record, and I said episode 15... I then recorded again, and I said episode 15, and so I've now started, and I'm saying episode 16, which is the actual episode. There we go. 37, 38 seconds of content already, and I've said precisely nothing. That's uh, that's my life. Right. So, number of things to talk about. It has been a while. And I will reference that in a second. But before I do, I'm just going to let you know that I am currently in Norfolk, which is like the arse end of the UK. It's beautiful. It's lovely. But uh, you have to travel for 400 miles to see another human. Uh, They have stopped people leaving or coming in by making sure that Wi-Fi, general internet connectivity and phone signal here is dead. So if there really was a zombie attack, you wouldn't be getting in touch with anyone anytime soon um but we are here with the whole family extended family and it is absolutely ridiculously hot i don't know what it is in degrees i don't understand any of it i just know it is hot Uh, now we have had several barbecues lots of craft beers i've been pushed in the pool by the kids many times Uh, but we're not reptiles we're humans we're not designed for this heat. And it, basically, if if you would be comfortable just lying on a rock like a lizard, then this heat's for you. If not, and you're a friend of the shade, I just don't understand. It's very difficult in, in the UK because we're not set up for it with air conditioning, unlike other countries or the States. Every time I go to Vegas, I'm always amazed by how you're in the middle of a desert, and yet at all times you're kind of blasted with beautiful cold air. Uh, because the whole thing's set up for it, you're in a desert, I get it. In the UK, we're not. We have basically fans which push more hot air around at you. You couldn't have hair dryers. I'm not a hot weather person. Honestly, I don't know. Like, I don't mean to whinge. I'm not whinging. I'm not whinging. I'm happy. I'm smiling. I'm just saying. Just saying. I'm not a hot weather person. I prefer the rain. I like the rain. You know, you never have to kind of kung fu a wasp away in the rain. You know? As soon as the sun comes out, the wasps come out. And, uh, yeah. I like the rain. It's kind of cosy, and I feel like I can create more and think more. The sound of rain hitting the windows. You know, maybe a fire crackling. It's a bit cold outside. To put a jacket on. You know. (laughs) I often go for walks in the rain. Maybe it's why I prefer showers over baths. I don't know. Anyway. All of the rest of the family are currently shattered after running around and screaming, including the grandparents, and they are all having a post-lunch siesta. So I thought I would sneak into a quiet room at the back of the house in the shade and record a podcast on my portable setup, which has made me feel very efficient. So, yes, that is is fun. Uh, Now, there is air conditioning. I say air conditioning fan going hopefully you can't hear it if you can i don't care because i don't want to die like a dog in a hot car which is 
what would happen. I've also opened a new deck of cards, and already they feel like crud in my hand, like ham or waffles or something. They don't feel like beautiful playing cards. Anyway, so it's been a while. It's been a number of weeks since I've done an M-Word podcast. And I want to just quickly say why. First of all, Studio 52 has been very, very busy. Very busy. With multiple, multiple projects. We have some bits and pieces coming out, which at the time of recording this uh, won't have come out. <laughs> so they will be in a few weeks, which will be interesting. We have the shift number three, which is heading out and people are getting. We've still got to kind of do a... Um, official large-scale release on that which is fine but we've been kind of working some back-end stuff on that as well as the deep magic seminars which is what i want to talk about today because they were very revealing and we'll talk about some in interesting stuff in that and what else was there anything else that's happened oh yeah that's right i had a baby that's right not me personally that would be different a different type of story but my wife did and so a baby has entered this world cute and lovely and adorable um but uh, they do they do take a lot of time and sleep away from you and so over the last few weeks it has been as adorable as it is it does make life a bit more challenging especially when you have a huge amount to deliver with with the company and stuff so it, it's been a very very challenging few weeks and i found myself with the deep magic seminars being very talked out and I haven't been motivated to, to do an M-word. And, and I, I've kind of felt very guilty about that. I thought, oh, I really should do it. I need to do it. But I just, I didn't feel inspired to talk. And I think I was just talking too much through the Deep Magic Seminars. So I've come away. The, the Deep Magic Seminars finished a couple of weeks ago now. And um, I had a bit of time away. And it's an excuse to get away from the rest of the extended family. I thought I'd come up here and have a conversation, which is what we're doing. Yeah, so there's that. Right, so the Deep Magic Seminars, let's talk about those. Ready? I'm, I'm going to cap that off with this. Which sounds a lot better than it is, because these cards are dog shit. Anyway, so the Deep Magic Seminars. First of all, what are they? What they are, or were, or are, you can still get them. This isn't a shameless plug, you can still get them on studio52magic.com. You go on there, go to the Deep Magic Seminars, you can see multiple courses, uh, all online, digital stuff uh, filmed over a number of, over the last four weeks. So what it was, was we ran four separate courses. There was a course on Brilliant Basics, a course on No Shuffling Allowed, which was full shuffling, a course on switching, a real world switching called uh, New Theory Switching, and one on False Dealing called The Flow Deal. And each one of those courses consisted of four seminars, four 90-minute seminars, plus a 30-minute Q&A, all of which was recorded and then streamed uh, on our website, of which not you couldn't just see it, you, you could not only just see it live, but also once recorded, you can now go on and get that uh, now. So if you want to go and do that, please feel free. They are all up there uh, available for you to see. And we put a tremendous amount of effort and attention to detail and stuff in them. And we are currently in the process of revamping and and we're going to run the course again but even bigger and better and all this kind of stuff and it was really quite revealing really interesting and by the way i just want to quickly say uh there are three people i have to shout out for actually bringing those to to, to life uh, henry white darren lovell and sarah Stott, all three of which who did an incredible job 
on every aspect of the seminars. You know, Henry with organizing all kinds of details on the back end and the actual delivery on the website and tech issues and stuff. And Darren actually finishing off the, the grading on the uh, videos and putting the end caps on and bits and pieces and multiple other details and bits and pieces. And Sarah managing aspects of the delivery of the seminars themselves and when people come in and all feeling welcomed, as well as also taking down notes and questions for the Q&As. And there's a lot of stuff going on. And, you know, I obviously get credit for doing them people say oh man it's so great but there's there are three other people that work incredibly hard and it's very very important i literally couldn't do the stuff that i'm doing without without those other other people um you know there's i think there was an old i don't believe i'm going to use an old zen metaphor i think there was an old i'm going to absolutely bodge it up as well which is um i think there's there an old there's a monastery somewhere in tibet maybe this is real maybe it's not but it doesn't matter what experienced climber you are. There's a section of which you cannot climb. So there's there's all these steps going all the way up. And then there's a section where you have to call. And these monks come over and they drop a rope. And you have to climb up with this rope. And I think the idea being is it doesn't matter how fit and healthy, how well prepared, how determined you are. There's always a point where you need the help of others. And, um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying that. But, well, I do know why. Because... If it wasn't for other people, if it wasn't for the help and the work, the labour, the time, the effort, the passion of other people, I wouldn't be able to do these things. And so at all times, whenever I'm talking about this stuff, I am co talking collectively about the effort of others. It's very important that people understand that. Um, so I, I want to kind of talk about these seminars and what I learned. So like I said, these were 90-minute seminars, each one of them. There were 16 of them in total, and then a 30-minute Q&A all of which was recorded and you can find on our website right now. Now that translates to uh, two hours each night, 16 times two is 32 hours of content. 32 hours of content that we did in one month that is on our site right now. However, it was way more than 32. Uh, maybe at least double that, maybe triple. And what I mean by that is that every single night afterwards, we also ran a hangout. And that hangout was basically the cameras came off and everyone that was in that course, all the people, we just stayed on Zoom online. You know, I'm looking at a wall of people. We're all sitting there talking. It's not recorded. And every single night we would talk in this hangout. And sometimes it was two hours. Sometimes it was seven. <laughs> and... You know, many times it went on till two, three, four, five o'clock in the morning. Um, it was an, it was really, really interesting, and and I, I want to kind of pull apart what, what why I'm talking about this. Like, what what, what 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 exactly is it? Well, the through the course of doing these seminars, lots of stuff emerged. So the the courses themselves evolved and developed in the moment the q a became very challenging you know that the hangout created this live convention-esque feel and there was this mixture of the live experience the open q a the unknown dimensions plus the kind of unrecorded hangouts created this kind of very powerful something or experience for both learning and also community-based connectivity and bonding which was really really interesting um, and I think that it's taught me that there is a huge appetite for learning 
about the deeper concepts which are harder to reach and teach than the low-hanging fruit. What I mean by that is that the low-hanging fruit really is what, you know, most magic shops are just continually just selling you stuff that a lot of the time you don't really need. You know, just lots of stuff. You go out, you buy this DVD, you buy this book, you buy this thing. And there's no real responsibility of them on you or there's there's nothing. It's just, here's a thing, buy it, we'll put an advert, make you want it, now buy it. And that's all fine. And, and a lot of people are happy doing that. But I've always felt that none of it really spoke to me. It didn't really feel like something I wanted to do. And I've done little bits of that. I've been as guilty as others for doing stuff like that in the past, but it never really made me happy. I just didn't really see an alternative to, to, to doing things in that way. And yet I love the community. I love the idea of it. But there were so many things that didn't quite work. Uh, and it's, it's often very difficult to break away from the kind of conditioned mode of engaging with the community in terms of buying tricks from shops and then talking about it online and all that kind of stuff it's very difficult to break away from that because magic shops don't really care about individuals or your learning or your development they care about selling you magic that's all they care about now this isn't a problem you know if, if that's authentically what that is and great and that's what it should it should never go away it should be there you know but it's there to keep you consuming rather than improving and it has to promote that in order to to maintain its own survival. And it becomes a self-serving commercial feedback loop. Whereas I always think that the motivation deep down behind most of that purchasing is the desire to get better. Yet it's a system which is not motivated to make you get better. The better you get, the more you realise you don't need that stuff. So it's very difficult to learn or figure out sometimes what you actually do. By the way, that little kind of patting sound you can hear, that's me after dropping these cards on the floor in frustration of just getting annoyed with how bad they feel in my hands. Oh, come here. Ugh. Anyway, so what, what, what I'm basically saying is that the we wanted to run the Deep Magic seminars as a test to see if we could kind of go a bit deeper and connect with people through the fundamentals of our art and craft rather than through simply through marketed tricks. And if we could, in that process, build something beyond just the end goal of this particular switch or this particular thing. Could we inspire? Could we connect? Could we create relationships? Could we build something that had a different experiential dimension to it beyond this very simple commercial exchange um and so i i, I want to kind of talk about that because there were it was very difficult to work out how to do that and so what we did is we, we built some groups on facebook we put a course pack together and we delivered these things four nights a week for a month I had all these hangouts going on and q a and all this kind of stuff happening to see what we could what emerged from that what was the stuff that was the most powerful what was the stuff that people enjoyed the most what stuff felt right what stuff didn't what, what needs work and you know it um to actively do something like that takes a phenomenal amount of energy and it is extremely difficult but you have to care you have to care and you have to believe that you can build something bigger and better. And I see many companies that pretend to care. Many people say things about caring about that stuff. But I just don't really see it or feel it in their actions and their work. What I see as often is just a, a veiled attempt to cover uh, another commercial exchange with, with no real sense of responsibility beyond that. Now, now, look, I understand it's a very, very difficult thing. I'm in no way judging people that do that. Fine, do that. It's great. 
but I just feel there's often something more. And like I said, the, the Deep Magic seminars were put together as a month-long test to see if we could deliver content which was focused in a slightly different way. And the result was that it was way more successful than any of us could have imagined. And the feedback was incredible. And after the first, out of the 16 sessions, so out of the month, after the first week, so 25% of the way through, I was convinced that we had started to reveal that which I suspected was under the surface of the community. Something which I felt had been missing for a long time. Um, and it was this, this strange combination of new and old. You know, ironically, in this age of digital interaction and social distancing, it we've somehow managed to bring magic closer to its traditional roots of learning through mentorship and live engagement. So what I mean by that is that, you know, right now we've got all this stuff happening on Zoom, whether it's shows or seminars or whatever those things are. And we're all socially distanced, literally by being on there. And we have to socially distance. The performances are all, you know, shot. But what it's done is I think it's brought people back to the roots of mentorship, teaching, tuition, learning, live experience. And it's what we tried to get again with this DMS was this sense of both the live experience is what we did with the Instagram lives. You know, um, the Instagram lives is where I first got that sense of that being a real thing where I felt there was something bigger than just showing color changes online i felt that there were deeper deeper things that could be pulled out of real authentic interaction with other people um but i, I felt there could be something else and so we, we we tried to get that with the deep magic seminars was not only this sense of honest interaction authentic interaction instead of completely scripted each one of them was delivered in a very much an improvisational way even though there was a was a structure but it's to have something that had this live organic flow and feel to it and created this sense of the live event. And then there's, a, again, there's the reason why we're not recording the hangouts afterwards because the hangouts are just that live event and experience that happens and then goes. That's its point. Its, its point is to be treasured as something like that. And it creates this sense of a convention, this sense of a, of a, a group of people coming together in this moment now. Um, and I think that's interesting. Like I said, that it's taken a pandemic to reveal this. Uh, and from the outside, this form of interaction and learning might appear to be a bit unremarkable, possibly even less than desirable to some. You know, this idea of learning online. Yeah. And uh, But I think if I'm to stand back and I think about what I, my instincts several years ago, and the reason why I formed Studio 52 in the, per, in, in the first place, and then my experience with doing the Instagram Lives, on uh, Studio 52 Lives on Instagram, and then my experience doing this Deep Magic Seminars, I think that we are about to go into a golden age of magic, well, especially when it comes to the learning and development of the craft. I really, truly believe so. I think that... This is not us making do right now. 
I think that we're about to go into a golden age. I think that the the ability to communicate and teach and learn and listen and experience and engage and compromise, cross-pollinate, develop. The, 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 the fact that we have the opportunity to do that 24 hours a day with a reach across, across the planet uh, has opened up some really interesting possibilities. And the way in which our technical ability to communicate that now in terms of camera angles, shots, lighting, sound, ease of access on certain platforms like Zoom, the fact that we can do this so effortlessly, I think it bodes incredibly well. And I think that magic shops are going to struggle to catch up with the fact that I think the idea of just going out and buying the latest product that gets released isn't necessarily going to satisfy people in the same way the way that it was i think we might be entering a different phase where we're going to start realizing that the experience of professionals or those who have been in the trade for many many years should be treasured and used in different ways i mean to, to be if i'm honest it also makes me very happy about that it's the way that i've always learned i've always tried to seek out people that know more than me and learn from them rather than just picking up a prop or a product i want to learn the principle the thing underneath understand where it came from why it's there rather than just looking at this thing and then kind of co-opting it or, or adopting it um but i think that that in this space that if we are entering a golden age there's a certain amount of of uh responsibility on that to some extent um i i i just think that it's possible for us to build something more affordable, usable, and meaningful than current practice allows. And of course, when we can start meeting up more, I don't think that what we're doing now should disappear. I think we have opened up a new dimension, in, and, and I think it's going to be very, very powerful. And I don't think, if someone's going to listen to this in five or ten years' time, then we'll see how wrong... I, I am or was um, all right, but I don't really know. I just my instinct is telling me there is something very, very interesting, more so than most people have realized in this mode of interaction. And um, I'm still figuring out aspects of it. But we, but we do have to have an appetite for it. It won't just naturally emerge. We have to have a willingness to explore, to take risks, to be willing to fail. And to care and have passion and joy for the work but i think it's already begun and i think that engaging in these seminars in the way that we did just seeing the characters that were in there night after night the way in which people were talking to each other in the groups in the questions that were happening people taking side bets while i was doing a seminar on the side and betting different stuff these all these different group activities going on and we were amazed by all this stuff and part of part of us allowed for the opportunity for this to exist as we felt that it might be capable we might be capable of building something that was beyond just a standard lecture or whatever it is or masterclass thing and try and create something that that felt different but also just so happy that it was naturally emerging people were naturally doing this in the hangouts the same things were happening people like sharing our own internalized memes and quotes and bits and pieces and little things that were happening i mean um 
<laughs> in the, I actually punched myself in the face once to get rid of a moth on one of the seminars. And uh, I realised that I'd lost all sense of, of um, consciousness over the, the recording of the camera. Um, Realising that what was more precious to me was the sense of the moment rather than the recording that would last longer. And that's interesting because normally it's the other way around. People say, oh, well, the recording's going to last for the longest time. And you're like, okay, but I'm not going to sacrifice the moment for that. So it would, that was a very, very interesting um, interaction. And I think that I'm I'm really kind of discovering my preferred way of operating, a way that makes me happy, and that is to do things that I like and enjoy. And then I work out how to make it practical or financially viable later. You know, um, and that, that might sound obvious in some respects. But for example, when it came to like writing the shift, I just wanted to write a book that I felt I could move through and develop and we could have different sections in it. And I, I had this thing and I just wanted to do that. And we'll see how that forms later. Same with the Studio 52 Lives on Instagram. I wanted to talk to people that I knew and loved and I felt that if I talked to those people it would help me through that process but I felt that other people watching is why it was on Instagram a free platform for people to come in and just watch that it might help other people see meaningful honest conversation and that grew and became something else um, and we worked out how to make that and give it its own kind of thing and that was great fun and it's the same with these seminars now it's like I wanted to not just sit there and write a lecture and deliver it I wanted to have a a way of talking about a subject with passion where other people who shared that passion can come in and somehow it kind of grew and evolved into something bigger and then we work out how to make that actually work or function or later um uh yeah and you know i, I just think that many of us a lot of the time aren't operating in that way we're almost going the other way around of working out what sells and then trying to sell it or what or what people like and they're trying to do that or what others will think and instead of just doing what you love what do you want to do i love teaching and i love connecting and talking to other people that truly share the passion i'm not interested in appearing clever or showing off i'm interested in being with people that love this stuff as much as i do um and and so i'm really trying to create what i didn't feel i had when i was young in magic I never had that sense of community or that sense of something bigger. I always had this sense of being a lone wolf, going to, up to a magic shop, buying a product and coming home. It, it, I never had that additional sense of something else. Um, and so I think not only have, have I realized that that's obviously what's pushing me and motivating me, but it's it's what the rest of the team at Studio 52 are helping deliver and support and doing and it turns out they want that too and then it turns out that the people that are coming into our process love it and want that too and so you know again it's it's not just what i want i think it's what a lot of people want i, I think it's one of those things over time you just have to stop surrounding yourself with anyone negative or listening to people that just say rubbish to you and just following that you know you're <laughs> following your heart <laughs> Ah, oh, Ben, you were being really serious then, and then you had to say something like, you should follow your heart. <sighs> Why does your heart know? Your heart doesn't know. Oh, hang on. End of podcast music. Go away. End of podcast music started playing for a second. 
I don't want that to play yet. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so I, I think that ultimately you are more than your successes or your failures. You are more than the good or the bad. You are the work. You are the stuff that nobody sees. That is the craft. What I mean by that is that all of that stuff that's under the surface, your reasons, your reasons behind the reasons for what you do, your passion, the stuff, all that stuff, 90% that probably won't be seen by anyone. Right? The details, the details within the details won't be seen by people, won't be noticed, but they are there nonetheless. And your commitment to those things, your engagement with those things um, is is the work. It's the stuff that nobody sees. And that's, I think, where you start developing a sense of meaning. You'll start connecting to other people that are bigger um, or, or in a kind of a bigger and bolder way. Um, and you start revealing new things. The, the, the complexities, the grey areas, these are where the adventures are and where things that are undiscovered lay. You know, it's where you can reveal new potential. And I think this is how I like to connect with magic and how I like to connect with others. Um, you know, there, there, are, there are decades where nothing happens. And there are weeks where decades happen. And that is how the Deep Magic seminars have felt to me. It felt like the, the Studio 52 Live Instagram stuff felt like that to me. The whole Studio 52 process feels like that to me. And that is really interesting. And so, yeah, I just wanted to come and talk about that and waffle about some stuff to do with connection and meaning and community. And uh, But it's all real. It's all stuff that's there. And this is a state of exploration. And the M-word is back after a few weeks break in the summer. I mean, yes... It's a huge amount of work in the middle of that, and a baby came. But nevertheless, we are back, and and uh, I'll be back to talk about some more magic-specific stuff very soon. But because this has only just happened, almost like a state of current events, I wanted to talk about while it was fresh in my head. Um, and I also wanted to dry off because, like I said, I've been thrown in the pool, and I am soaking wet on my portable setup in the back of the house. But now I am going to Spartan kick some wasps and throw some kids in the pool. <laughs> oh dear, I probably said that a bit too loud. And for those of you, if that did um, peak on the mic there a bit, I'm sorry, I apologise, but I uh, suddenly got energised, the idea of throwing kids in the pool. It's fine. Right, anyway, I uh, hope you guys are enjoying the heat. If you are, you might be a reptile. Until then, I will see you guys soon until then have fun stay safe and enjoy what you do this was a studio 52 production for more information visit studio52magic.com or find us on instagram facebook and twitter at studio52magic <laughs>